Are we expectant? Are we? Here, here's the thing. I'm a pretty big extrovert, which means if you're in the same room as me, you're automatically my new best friend. Ava and I already, just, like, Ava was like, yeah, I think we're best friends now. I was like, yes, this is my person right now. So just so you know, we can totally have a conversation here. So if I say something that you think is kind of interesting, you can be like, okay. If you think something is good, you can be like, yeah, say that. Come on, let's go. Like, you can talk back. Sound good? Okay, okay, we going tonight. Friends, I'm so glad you're here. I, I love hanging out with what I believe is the next generation. I'm 26 myself, so it's not that I'm that much older than you, but I just want to you to know as you see me, and it can feel like I'm distant because I'm on the stage and I'm holding the mic, but I just want to establish before we go any further, when I look out at this room, I don't see a room full of kids and students. I see a room full of leaders. I see a room full of people that God wants to use to shake up this city, to start something exciting, to cast vision, to start and build something that really matters. I believe that each and every single one of you is a leader God wants to use to spark a movement right here in Boise and beyond. I believe that. But I also know at the very same time that this has been a really hard couple years. And so maybe, maybe at one point of your life, you really did see yourself that way. You saw yourself with some gifts. You saw yourself with some vision. You saw yourself as a leader. Maybe you had some big dreams. Maybe you wanted to go do a lot with your life. Maybe you wanted to go far and, and reach people for Jesus. Maybe you loved following Jesus. Maybe you loved church. The last couple of years have happened, and they take a major toll on you and today you would show up and you would say that's so great Hannah and that sounds really exciting but you don't know what the last two years have done to me maybe your anxiety has never been higher maybe the negative self-talk that's on replay in your mind has never been louder maybe the pressure from your friends to be on one side or another of any given issue has never been more intense Maybe deep down you don't even like who you are. You might want to change the world. You might want to be a leader. But deep down inside of you, you don't even know if your life matters. And tonight, I want to talk through a story in the Bible of a young guy who was feeling the exact same way. There was a lot of pressure. The world was a mess. His people group was in danger. And he felt like he was the last person on earth. But something happened in his life that changed his future forever. So we're going to dive in. Are you ready? Oh, yeah, I feel that energy. Come on, let's dive in. We're going to go to Judges chapter 6. And I know Judges is your very favorite book of the Bible. Um, which is sarcasm, so it's okay to laugh. But we're going to dive into what is actually a really exciting story. It's the story of a young man named Gideon. And here's all the context we really need to know. Gideon was um, somebody who was unlikely overlooked and his people group were being attacked. There's a lot of danger. And at this point, we, we meet Gideon. He's kind of hiding. 
He's kind of trying to stay out of the way of everybody else because there's some fear and there's some tension and there's some unrest in his, in his area. Anyone relate to that? And so he's kind of staying out of the way, doing his own little thing, keeping his head down, and then something changes in his life. Here's what happens in Gideon chapter 6, verse 11. Gideon chapter 6, verse 11. Here's what it says. One day, the angel of God came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abizrite, whose son Gideon was threshing wheat in the winepress out of sight of the Midianites. The angel of God appeared to him and said, God is with you, mighty warrior. And Gideon replied, with me, my master? He says, why has all this happened to us? Where are all the miracle wonders our parents and grandparents told us about, telling us, didn't God deliver us from Egypt? Gideon said, the fact is, God has nothing to do with us. He has turned us over to Midian. You see, right now at this point of the story, Gideon was not so sure that God was with him. In fact, Gideon was angry with God. He looked around at his people, at his country, at his, at his place, at his own life, and he only saw pain. He saw brokenness. He saw disunity. He saw threat. He saw everything was an absolute mess. And so when God came to him and said, yo, I'm with you, Gideon said, where? I don't see you. I don't see any evidence that you're here in my life. And I just wonder if any of us have felt like that over the last two years. We missed out on things. We gave up things. We were home. We were isolated. We were alone. And maybe you feel like you keep hearing some preacher yell at you that God's with you through all of it and he has a plan. And what you just want to scream back is where? Because you don't see him in your life either. That was Gideon's response. Kind of gutsy. <laughs> On behalf of Gideon, huh? Goes on. It says, but God faced him directly and said, go in this strength that is yours. Save Israel from Midian. Haven't I just sent you? Gideon said to him, me, my master, how and with what could I ever save Israel? Look at me. My plan's the weakest in Manasseh, and I'm the runt of the litter. And God said to him, I'll be with you. Believe me, you'll defeat Midian as one man. You see, friends, it wasn't an accident that Gideon was placed exactly where he was and exactly the family he was in at the exact size that he was at in the exact tribe was the weakest as the smallest. There was no accident that Gideon was where he was at that point. God had a purpose for that moment, but Gideon didn't believe it and he didn't see it. He couldn't even imagine it, but here's the good news. It didn't change that God had still created Gideon with purpose that no one and no circumstance and no threat could take from him. And I just believe tonight that there are some Gideons in the room that needed to be reminded that you have a purpose on your life. 
If there is a purpose on your life that nothing can take from you, there is nothing that can take or strip the purpose on your life away from you. We spend so much time figuring out our purpose and searching for a purpose and wondering what our purpose is. What if it's actually already right there within you, but we're just missing the very same thing that Gideon was missing, and that is the confidence that comes from his presence. Because friends, there is nothing that can take your purpose from you. There is nothing that can take your purpose from you. It doesn't matter if you're the smallest, it doesn't matter if you're the weakest, it doesn't matter if you're the least likely or they're overlooked or they're forgotten. It doesn't matter if you've made all the mistakes or you think your past will always define you. There is nothing that can take your purpose from you. Because get this, the only prerequisite to walking out your purpose is his presence and his presence is already promised. So what are we actually waiting for? Friends, the only prerequisite, the only thing you need to walk out your purpose, to walk out the dreams God has given you, to walk out this bigger vision that you can't get out of your head, the only thing you need to walk out your purpose is His presence and his presence is actually already promised god already promised that he will be with us now and forevermore so his presence is already promised and the question has to be asked what are we waiting for what are we waiting for and maybe you're thinking yeah that's great for gideon I'm glad that, that God just said one time to Gideon, I'll be with you, and he believed it, and he went out and changed the world. Good for Gideon, but you don't know me. You don't know the anxiety that controls my life. You don't know the depression that I actually don't tell anybody that I struggle with. You don't know the social pressure I feel when I walk into school. You don't know that I feel like nobody even likes me. You don't know that I don't feel like I belong anywhere. You don't know that I have all these dreams and I feel like I'll never see them happen because of all the ways that I'm confused and I don't even like myself. I don't even like who I'm becoming. You don't understand, Hannah. There is nothing, there is nothing in me that has a purpose. Maybe it's the word that a teacher spoke over you. Maybe it's the thoughts that you can't get out of your mind. Maybe it's the pressure of what the world told you you had to be in order to walk out your purpose. But here's the question we have to ask. Are we gonna let the things of this world and the things in our surroundings and the things around us define us? Or will we listen to the voice of our creator who defines us. Because you wanna know what your creator says about you? Here's what he says about you. This is from Ephesians. He says, I created you to be a free people, abundantly free. Guys, this is good news. So don't let, it says, don't let the world, which doesn't know the first thing about living, tell you how to live. Because you were made alive in me and in me, in God, you find out who you are and what you're living for. You're no longer, you're no longer, longer wandering exile. 
says, I'm using you. I can do far more in your life and through your life than you could ever imagine or get or request in your wildest dreams. He says, take in the extravagant dimensions of my love. Come follow me and I will show you how to live full lives, full in my fullness. Friends, what are we waiting for? Let's not be a generation that's found waiting on an invitation we've already received. Because the moment that you were put on this earth was the moment that you were invited to say yes to the call of God on your life. You see, you were actually already invited to go out and love our city. We're actually already invited to go reach across lines of division. We're actually already invited to go care for the homeless person on the street we see every single day. We're actually already invited to care for the ostracized and oppressed. We're actually already invited to love the person at school that you can tell nobody ever cares about. We're actually already invited to say yes to the mission of Jesus to love people and tell people about the greatest news, about the fullness that Jesus wants to bring into our life and others. We're so what if we were the kind of generation that stood up and jumped up and down and said, yes, God, send me. I want to go. There is a purpose on your life that nothing can take away from you. You're already invited to say yes. And the only prerequisite, the only thing you need, the only requirement to walking out your purpose is his presence. And his presence is already promised you. So let's say yes. God, we just believe that tonight you are going to send out this generation, this group of young leaders into Boise to create actual lasting impact. God, we believe that you're going to unleash dreams, that you're going to unleash visions, that you're going to give people promptings right now for ways that they can start things and build things and say yes to the dreams that you've given them, God, because they're dreams. They're not accidents. They're not little ideas that don't matter. It's not that they're too young, God, that these are beautiful visions you've given them to actually understand how to make this place, this world a better place, God. You actually want to use their dreams to change the world. God, you've given every single one of us a purpose. And the only thing we need, the only prerequisite to walking out our purpose is your presence. And we know your presence is already promised. So Lord, we raise our hand and we say, send me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.